October. It's finally here. And guess what that means? Cocoa weather. It's time for hot cocoa. With two hands? With two hands and a sweater. And you don't want to mix your hot cocoa with tainted water, right? We want the good stuff. The water without the lead, arsenic, fluoride, chloroform, and all a bunch of other chemicals and toxins. This next clip that I'm going to play is actually the owner of Enaviv. His name is Trent Spafford. He's going to give you a little bit more information on what is in your water. Take a listen. Fluorosilicic acid. It is so acidic that it will burn through concrete. I have pictures, and maybe I can send it to you. You can put it on the podcast. Yeah, I'd love to. It, there's, I have a picture of the actual container in an actual water treatment plant in Draper. I interviewed the water master uh-huh. for like three hours. He took me on a tour of the water treatment plant. And I said, can I get a picture of that little con- that warning label? And on the warning label of what's being dripped into our water, warning, do not take internally. Oh, my. Fatal if swallowed. Fatal. And they're just dumping it in the water. Supply. They're dripping it slowly into the water. So you guys listened to it. You just heard that small clip, but... That is the reason why I wanted them to be my sponsor. I seeked them out. And in return, we made this beautiful partnership. Please have them test your water. They will do it for free. They will come out there and test it for free. Or you can go to their location in Pleasant Grove and get it tested there, which is actually very beautiful. And I'm not just talking about Utah people. They can test anybody's water in the United States. So please give Enavi a call today at 801-993-0080. Or you can go to their website at enaviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. Please tell them that I sent you because I want them to know that they're getting their money's worth, that I am able to send people to them so that they can get their water tested. And then hopefully you guys do take action. And not only will you get hooked up by saying my name, Becca Hayes, uh, you'll receive half off a chemical remover, but you're also going to let them know that they are making the right choice to sponsor this show. So you guys can continue to listen to me run my mouth. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. Again, call them at 801-993-0080. Tell them that Becca Hayes sent you. Can we freeze the way to be? Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes. And with me is a very special guest, Miss Morgan. Hello. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, We are doing this via Zoom, so it might be a little glitchy, so bear with us. But um, for the most part, we got it. We got it dialed in. We discovered each other on Instagram. I don't even remember how. I'm trying to think back now, but I, I know that we we got connected and I know it was Instagram and I just don't know how if like I saw your stories or something. What would you say you are? Um, so I am an Akashic record healer and a spiritual mentor. So I do a lot of work in the Akashic records and I work with clients one-on-one or in group containers to do deep levels of healing. Awesome. And I have never heard and I'm still growing and I feel like we always are growing, especially when we're on a spiritual journey and path. Um, But I had never heard of the Akashic records. I had no clue what they were. Um, And so obviously I was like, 
drawn to you. I was like, okay, tell me more. You got to tell me all about this. And you're like, well, why don't I just uh, show you? Like, let's, let's have a session. And we did, and we'll get into that in a minute. And, but can you explain what the Akasha records are? Yeah. So the Akashic records are known as either the book of life or the library of your soul. And if you think of it being a storage space or a place of knowledge that holds every word, thought, action, deed, emotion, intention that your soul's had from inception to its finality. And so it has all that information stored there we can access it through the Akash and get a lot of on-demand information to help support healing, growth, spirituality, even health, uh, working through past life information, balancing chakras, clearing dark energies. There's like really infinite possibilities within the Akash. Wow. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> so it's basically our, our soul's journey from when we became a soul, right? I guess all our past lives um, and even to our future. And is there a lot there with the future or is it kind of like, how does the future play in with the Akashic records? Yeah. So there is, it's some things our soul is predestined for. There's some things that we have specifically agreed upon in this journey from start to finish. So there's what I call like blips on the timeline that are predestined to happen. But in our human experience, we are in a free will zone here. So when we get into future timelines, there is always the chance that we might make a different decision or alter our current trajected path and change to a different one. And there's no right or wrong in that, Um, but that can change the trajectory of some of the future timelines But knowing those blips are there, we have that potential to end up right back in one of those spaces to connect to things that we're predestined for. So this just comes to mind, and I'm just going to probably ask you random questions throughout this, but um, because it is a lot to take in. How do you know when your soul's finished? Like, and do you know where we go after we're finished? Like, what is, what does finish mean? (laughs) Uh, I don't think anyone knows for certain. Uh, I think that's a big question on a lot of people's minds. And I can only speak from personal experience and those that have shared in their experiences with me. But I feel like I have gotten as close to what I might know that would be through the work of plant medicine, Mm -hmm. um, through ayahuasca journey. And what I have received in download or information in meditation or with other mentors is that, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to leave this body fully consciously aware so that we can choose where we go next. And we can take that remembering of all that we've learned or unearthed in this lifetime and the ones that we've uncovered from the past and not have to relearn or, go backwards in the next lifetime. So that's the goal, conscious awareness. Um, I've also heard it described that like our teachers, our guides, our loved ones to be a spirit guide. It is when your soul has completed all of the things, the karma, the patterns, the stories, the limiting belief systems. And 
at some point your soul gets a choice. Do you want to go and incarnate back in a human experience or do you want to become a spirit guide? And um, I heard a mentor describe that like Mother Teresa would perhaps be an example of that, that she could have potentially just been a spirit guide and stayed in higher dimensional realms, but chose to just be love in her human experience here. Wow. That's actually a great explanation of that. That's that, that was really good. (laughs) So you, so you think our souls never, I mean, and I believe this, but it's like there comes to a point where we don't have that knowledge, right. Or we're seeking that knowledge. Just like you said, um, when we get all the knowledge, we have these, this choice of being spirit guides, angels, um, or come back and as re as reincarnated. So do you think our souls will always live on forever and we just keep hitting different realms and different worlds and things like that? I think there comes a point of completion where there's no more work to be done. And that's that euphoria, right? And so I do feel that at some point there's potential to just reach full bliss and enlightenment and stay in that space and not have to continue to learn the lessons and move through the work. Okay. What got you into the Akashi records, like getting into that? Like there's, there had to have been something, cause I feel like, especially with all different healers, right? There's just some things that really resonate with us. And then we kind of stick on that path and we like really learn it and help others. So what really got you intrigued to diving into the Akashic records with other people? It was my own cracking open, my own spiritual awakening. Um, I was at a point in my life where I thought that I had checked all the boxes and had all of the things that I desired and was feeling really good. Um, but it wasn't in alignment. I didn't even know what alignment was at that point. And I was living a lot of my life for others. So almost like the matrix or, um, the hunger games where like the, the gaming system around it gets sort of pixelated and taken down. And I felt like that was happening in my life, like on every capacity. And my sister is like my go-to for dumping on. And, um, we have a mutual friend that we've known since childhood and, and she recommended I go to a Reiki practitioner and that I also get uh, an Akashic reading. She had just learned and was doing some free ones. And so that immediately was like a turning point in both those spaces for me. Um, and I've continued to grow, learn and ask many, many questions since. Um, and I would say it was about a year after that and a lot of work, but she came to me, my friend, and she's like, I've never done this, but I feel really called to share with you, my teacher. I feel like you need to learn this for yourself and for others. And so I've been doing that work for almost three years now. I've continued to learn and take deeper levels of training, getting more advanced in it, um, and spending a lot of time personally just in my own records and asking a lot of questions for guidance and support there. Wow. So she actually came to you and was like, I feel inspired to teach you. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty amazing. It's like you have a lot of people seeking, you know, help from mentors or teachers and like asking them and like they decide if they want to take that role on or not. But for her to seek you out and ask you to 
hey, I you need to do this. You need to spread this and this awareness. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's an honor. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I don't think I knew what I was signing up for at the time, but it has been, um, I always say, you know, I have a lot of tools and modalities to work with, but the records are by far my favorite because they allow for on-demand connection and support. And it can be something as simple as should I eat this food? Or it can be something as complex as what is my purpose here in this time. Can you talk about um, a, a time or a couple of times where you went into somebody's Akashic records and you just like discovered like this insane amount of information? Is there anything that like really stuck out to you? Anybody's Akashic records? And obviously you can't say names or anything, but can you like share some of those experiences with us? Uh, um, a common theme when I open people's records, and this is just part of my gift in this lifetime, is access to past timelines. Um, and so doing work with past life in the records is really cool. And as a practitioner, to even be witness to it, I love. Um, so being in some of those has been a little bit mind-blowing as far as connections being made to you know, you, you get to go and visualize or see and experience yourself in a past timeline and have dialogue and question and ask, you know, why am I here? What, why am I still in this space and what lesson or hardship or pattern do I need to help so that we can clear this part of my soul or this fragment of my soul from this time? Um, so I've done a couple of those that have been very, deep, like so detailed with, you know, there's like jewelry and names and connections to even other people in their current time and how their relationship dynamics are. And we just get out of that space with like this deeper understanding of, you know, you've made promises to yourself in the past that you don't need anybody else. And so that time has, or that belief system is carried forward and it's making you suffer in this timeline because you've shut yourself off from opening yourself up to love. And so we get to do deep levels of clearing. I've had that come up. Um, I don't do a lot of entity clearing, but those are always unique. <laughs> uh, dark energies and entities in the records. I hold a lot of light and I like, I don't know if cursing's allowed, but I, you know, yeah, like, I don't, I just stand against it. Like, <laughs> I basically am like, you know, you don't fucking belong here. Like I'm the light, like stay away and, and yeah. hold that space, but entities can be, um, tricky. And they, I had one in particular, like wanted to convince us that they were gone, but like, you could still feel the energy in the background. So they try to hijack the session often where they actually just want to like have someone hear them out and see them. Wow. And so it's like playing with, um, energies sometimes. And then, um, one of the most profound ones that comes out to me just thinking right now is, and, and this just hits home because it's been a lot of my own journey and the work I do too is with the inner child. And I've seen many clients, but one in particular where they're able to find safety for their inner child. And 
like hug them and nurture them and reclaim that back for themselves. And it's like, you can feel the energy where this child part has been longing to be seen or heard or even just held for years. And in that moment when they connect or the inner child is like, yeah, I feel safe with you and can confirm that. Like it just blasts me with light and just makes me feel so many things. And the clients like walk away and they're just like, like, you know, I had no idea that that was possible in this space. And so that's a lot of the work that I do. And it tends to be kind of themed along the inner child and past life work. So when you, so for people that are listening to this, cause I have a very, I have a broad range of listeners. <laughs> I have people that are in like the spiritual community of people that have no clue what, you know, they just listen to me because they love the stories, you know? So can you describe what inner child means? Cause some people are like, is it metaphorically? Or like, is it really your inner child? Like, can you describe what inner child means? Yeah. So our inner child is created, um, in childhood. So there's a lot of even science behind that between zero and seven children are really in sort of a hypnotic state where everything that they're seeing, witnessing, observing, hearing, right. Um, they're taking note and they're planting that down deep in their subconscious mind that, this is life, right? These are truths. This is what I see. This is how I need to act. This is, you know, this sort of observer. And so then the ego mind starts to create at about eight. And then a lot of those observations, again, being stored as truth are what carry us forward. And if we were in toxic environments or traumatic, or maybe loss of a parent, or it could be simple things too. I mean, I've had clients who had, you know, two parents and healthy, happy family home for the most part, but we go in and there's these little things that come up like a bully or a kid saying something or losing an animal. And those create in that specific time, that zero to seven can create a lot of um, programs. And so our inner child is this reflection of like our mental emotional body during that time. And it can be even up into adolescent too. Um, and it's really the lens in which we view the world as adults. So even if our parents were both present, but maybe they were emotionally neglectful or maybe they didn't know their own boundaries. So they were never teaching the child how to have boundaries that all gets passed on. So a lot of our inner child lens is the lens in which our parents or our nurturers also put on to us, which is why generational trauma and belief systems are so important to break down. Because if we don't pause and ask, you know, why am I reacting this way or responding and get to that root of the inner child, which is the lens in which we view the world around us, even as adults, we keep perpetuating the cycle. And so there might be, you know, a long line of women in family line who have, you know, we'll give the example of really negative views about their physical appearance. And if that continues to get passed down without someone breaking that cycle and healing that part of their inner child, then 
the cycle perpetuates and it never stops. Um, so yeah, the inner child is, it's, it's part of us. It's a part that is created through our lens in which we view the world. And even as we grow older, until we heal those parts or understand them, we still see the world as an inner child. And so the deeper I've gotten this work, I laugh sometimes or joke with my clients. Like I don't really see adults. I see, you know, the hurt eight-year-old little boy whose dad maybe didn't have time for him. Or I see the little girl like crying for attention because maybe her mom wasn't present or put a lot of pressure on her. And so I see adults as their inner child, like that they're not facing or working on. Wow. And so it does help to have more compassion or understanding of people, but it's been this new perspective of observation. Wow. That's amazing. That's wow. <laughs> I think probably everybody does need inner child work. Because like you said, we don't understand from age what one to seven, we're just taking it all in and, you know, storing this trauma deep down inside and trauma comes in all different forms and sizes. And right, that's why it's so important, you know, doing energy work and like releasing that totally. And you could, like you said, you can carry that on to, you know, the next generation. And so, yeah, that's super important. That's awesome. Um, you did some, so I got a session done with you, Akashic, Akashic records. Gosh, I have such a hard time saying that. <laughs> so I got that done with you. And of course it was, and I had a feeling because I am so curious of my past lives. Like, I'm just like, I want to know all about them. And they keep coming up whenever I do plant medicine journeys and things like that. They always like come up and I'm like, what is the purpose of this? Why do I always why have, and I know I have such a curious mind, but why do I like love to know about it? Is it just fascinate me or is there really stuff that I need to, that's going to help me with this life right now? And what was really cool is we did this session together and of course it was one of my past lives, which I never even like saw before until you opened my records. It was a little girl in one of my past lives and you know, she was just like showing me the town that she lived in. It looked like a little peasant girl. It was like, you know, where they wear the bonnets and like the, the nappy dresses, you know, like almost like Game of Thrones era way back, like mid, maybe medieval. I don't know. And she was this little girl and she was just showing me the town and she was so proud of this town. And, you know, the whole message, we're not going to get like crazy into my message, but it was like about love and receiving and deserving of love and like telling me like you deserve it. And it was just really cool. Like there was a moment where it actually brought tears to my eyes where just like, holy shit. Like, it's like, I know this, but I didn't really know it. You know, it's just like, I, it was like a superficial no, instead of an internal, like deep knowing if that makes any sense. But I just thought that was really cool that you were able to tap into that. And, and it's like, you guided me there too. Like, you know, you kind of like talk to me and say, okay, tell me what you see. And I'm just like, at first, I'm like, what? I'm like, and then it just went deeper and deeper and deeper. The more we like focused and, and took the time to listen to this little girl. And, and that's also why it's so important to, like I say, meditate and slow down and, and take time in silence is that's when you discover the answers and the truths. You know, we are, we're all so busy and living these busy lives where we're like, go, go, go. Especially when, you know, you have a lot on your plate, like single moms and, 
and everything like that. It's, it's so important to take that time out to just sit in silence or with some nice music on and really reflect on your, you know, inner self and things like that. So thank you for doing that for me. That was just absolutely amazing. And I, everybody should get this done. I think it's so cool to like, I mean, it's so fascinated, fascinating. Even if you're like, I don't really need healing, which I think everybody does. But if you're that type of person, you're like, I don't need it. But it's still so neat to just recognize that and like go deep and and see what comes up. And like I said, it's funny because I've noticed the people that say they really don't need healing are the ones that need the most healing, which is interesting to me because <laughs> I'm like, you didn't realize this, you know? Um, I, so I was snooping on your Instagram a little bit this morning and what caught my eye um, you did this really cool little quick video and I know that you're like, you're the fan of like the TikTok and the, what is it? The IG reels. Like you do a lot of those, which are really cool. And you did one of just kind of a highlight of your ayahuasca experience in Peru. And I want you, if you don't mind, just kind of tell us a little bit about that. Like why, first of all, why did you want to do ayahuasca? Like what made you feel uh, prompted to do that. And then you met your life partner in ayahuasca, which is so cool. Like, I mean, that's awesome. And, and she didn't even realize that, you know, she was attracted to females. I guess that's what you were saying. Like this was her, this was a big step for her too. like coming out and telling her friends and family, like how scary is that? You know? And I, and I know that for a fact, cause I used to be LDS and like, you just, people were so scared to come out because it wasn't accepted. And, and of course with other religions as well, but that's what I'm familiar with. And so tell me a little bit about that experience and what prompted you the, the journey in the ayahuasca and what you, what came out of it and all that, all that beauty. Yeah. So Akashic records really cracked me open. And like I said, I've been on this really deep journey of healing since then. Um, I grew up in LDS community, not being LDS myself, but I had a lot of religious views around my family. And so I didn't even try a psychedelic till I was 25. And I was terrified. I was one of those that thought, you know, like you're going to, I don't know, think you can fly off the roof or something. So it was just never on my radar. It was not something I thought I would ever experience. And then um, a Joe Rogan podcast on psilocybin kind of opened my mind up that, you know, how uh, psilocybin magic mushrooms can help you to open new neural pathways and be more empathetic towards others. And um, that sparked my interest. And then I started to dabble with that just in a little, a little bit here and there. Um, And I was traveling a lot, just finding myself. And I was going on like a trip a month. I was living in Hawaii. I had a lot of really great things going in life and it felt good. And I was supposed to go to Italy for my birthday. And I'd never heard of ayahuasca at this point. And um, every time I went to book a trip, my trip, my ticket or something like it would spirit would stop me. And it was just like, no. And so then simultaneously, I was constantly hearing about Peru and ayahuasca. And so I'm like, all right, what is this? And I start looking it up and I'm like, all right, I guess this is what I'm doing for my birthday instead. So I'm kind of one of those, uh, all or or all or nothing types. So I did some research and being a female traveling by myself, I was like, okay, 
safety is priority. So I looked into some blogs and Reddit uh, forums and I'm like, you know, where am I going to go? Peru was kind of just because it's it's where it's from. It's where the Shipibo shaman are from. I wanted it to be as traditional as I could get. Um, and so I found this retreat center and they had one, two or three week journeys. And I was like, all right, three weeks, I'm doing wow. this, let's go. My family, none of them. Understood. <laughs> my, my Nana at the time, very, very religious. Um, she thought I was like going to join a cult or something. And she always loved me through my wild adventures, but like, I know she was not on board. Oh, no. Um, my dad, I think was trying to talk me out of the day I left, just, you know, they don't understand. They want to be safe. So yeah, I prepared, um, and this isn't everyone's journey, but I had done some reading, like part of the, the journey with the medicine is that you purge a lot and it can be laughter, crying, shaking, um, vomiting is very common or even coming out the other end. And so I wanted my body to be as clean as it could before I went, um, I don't like to throw up and that was like a big <laughs> thing for me. So I did a 60 day like clearing. Wow. I went vegan. I didn't put any chemicals on and near my body. It was very clean. I set with intention and meditation every day of my journey with the medicine. And so I felt like the medicine and I've been told this by others, it kind of starts working with you before you even get to it at that point. Um, and everything just happened so perfectly for me to go just like finances and days off and flights and just everything. It was like very synchronistic and like, this is where you need to be. Um, and I sat in ceremony. I was there for three weeks. Uh, the retreat center is called Arcana and I have nothing but good things to say about that space. Um, sat in nine ceremonies and then also there did, um, Sapo, which is known as the God molecule. It's kind of like DMT or Bufo. It's from frog. And that was a whole journey in itself. Um, and then also some cactus or plant medicine with San Pedro. But uh, like you said, yeah, I met my wife there. Um, she was there for two weeks. She'd never dated a woman before. And we have a really powerful story, which we'll actually be sharing soon. Um, but it was, I mean, it, it cracked me open in every which way. My intention going there was to tap into my spiritual gifts more and continue to heal a lot of my childhood traumas that I had experienced. So my first week was a lot of gifts and activating things. I felt the power of Reiki in my body. So a couple months after that, I went to Japan and studied Reiki and, wow. um, just saw like the amount of space that I can hold for others. And so there was a lot of activation in that. Um, there was a lot of uncomfortableness. Um, I sat with like demons and dark things that were attached to my mom, who we've had this very estranged journey for most of my life, but it helped me to understand her better and our relationship. Um, and for anyone who's interested to like, even in the darkest moments when I felt like almost what the fuck am I doing? Like questioning every moment and decision that got me to that point. 
the medicine is so loving because it is, it's known as the grandmother. And so if you think of like maybe a stern grandma, like she's always going to to teach you or maybe reprimand you in some, you know, uncomfortableness, but there's always love there. And um, that was really a big part of my journey. I had such clear message to leave behind that, which no longer serves me. And to open myself up to love, I'd been so closed off to letting others close to me for most of my life because of abandonment wounds from childhood that I was very superficial with a lot of my partnerships. Um, I didn't let myself fully be seen. And there was one night in particular in the medicine where I was like on my mat and I kept just hearing this, like, it's time, let someone in. And I could feel energy like pushing me as if like making room for someone next to me in my bed. And I was fighting it so hard. Like, no, I want this space for myself. I don't want anyone else here. And it was just like, it would come in so gently, but like pushing me over to make room for someone else. And I didn't really know at the time that the someone else was actually right next to me, the next mat over. Wow. <laughs> but, um, it's been a journey. Uh, yeah, it's, we got married last year. We've been together two years now and we're actually calling in some ceremony here really soon. So we'll be having another experience. Wow. Oh my God. I just, I love these, these journey experiences. Like I can eat them up all day long. So I appreciate you sharing yours with me. Um, where are you actually located right yeah. now? We are a bit of a traveling around. So currently in Costa Rica, we'll be here for the fall. Um, we are just going where spirit guides us right now and where we feel we are benefiting the most and, and uh, anchoring in the light. So, Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it so much. That's so awesome. Just going where the wind takes you. That's just, that's beautiful to me. Absolutely beautiful. Is there anything that you feel compelled to say um, to help people out or, or any inf more information about them? Um, I think kind of like my advice, even when you approached me around this is like, try it. Um, and that's just kind of my mentality with something. If there's curiosity, uh, give it a try. It is safe. And again, you know, use your own inner knowingness and discernment to find a practitioner. And if that's not me, like I know many and can point others in the direction of someone that might be more supportive. And I'm always happy to do that. You should trust who is guiding you. That's important that you feel safe, um, held and supported. But I think it, like you said, is something everyone should try. If you have, you know, lingering questions or things coming up or, maybe you just need support moving through a time in your life, the Akash can really help that and bring instant guidance and direction. Wow. And where can people get a hold of you to get these uh, records read? So you can find me on Instagram under Akashic double underscore alchemy. Or my website is akashic-alchemy.com. Um, both of those have access to my bookings or just questions. And I'm always happy, again, to support and help others make this decision or find them the right space for healing. Awesome. It's just funny when other energy workers meet each other. Like, I know that we haven't physically met, but 
well, we probably have in some other lifetime, but it's just like, we know, we know our souls, right? Like I see you and I'm like, I know this girl and I already love her. And so it's just, it's really cool to, to get to talk to you and uh, yeah, absolutely love you already. So thank you so much for taking time to chat with, chat with me. And so other people can, you know, have this knowledge and have this, you know, this help in their lives. And I think it's so important that people, you know, and I, and I've noticed, I've noticed a big shift and I don't know if it's because I've got into the energy work field, but so many people are seeking energy work and, you know, help in not only like, you know, the pharmaceutical side, but they need that change more than ever because you know, what's going on in the world right now. So I just think it's awesome. It's awesome what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been such a joy.